Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. (laughs) Whoa, have we got some good stuff for you this week. And of course, joining me once again is Run for God founder, Mitchell Holler. Thanks for having me, Dean. It's um, January 17th. Yeah. It's the start of the second annual Couch to Marathon. I mean, well, 18 months ago, we would never even have dreamed about Couch to Marathon. Well, we're starting the second class tonight. And I don't think Couch to Marathon was a thing anywhere on earth I, until I, we did it. Now, did it, we coin this? We may think? be wrong, but we it, it seems like. I mean, we looked around and we didn't see I didn't it. see it. Didn't see it. So uh, for those people who completed that first class, how about a, a round a of applause? A big round of applause. For yeah. those folks, because uh, they were the guinea pigs. We uh, we showed up in force at Disney. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So but, it uh, was fun. So yeah, if you're out there and you're thinking couch to marathon, what in the world is that? If you've been living under a rock for whatever reason, join Run Club. Tune in tonight, and you'll see what it's all about. Tonight, we kick off the Couch to Marathon 2022. We start with the 5K Challenge. We do this safely. Now, you may think Couch to Marathon, that seems kind of reckless, right? But this is over a year, and uh, we have proof that it works. We have proven results. Not only from runners, but from walkers as well. And so, yeah, we kick it off again tonight. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be. This is great. I love it. So, um as you know, we have sponsors every week, and this week is no different. If you have a business and you're interested in all in, in supporting Run for God and allowing us to shine a light on who you are, please reach out to runlanehollis at gmail.com, um, and he'll get you all the, the information on how to do just that. But this week's sponsor is Gathered Goods. Uh, it's a good friend of ours, Casey Carpenter's. Uh, Gathered Goods is a special kind of produce market. It only happens a handful of times a year. Uh, it's ran by Casey Carpenter, a household name kind of right here in Dalton. Um, and uh, they provide the freshest produce shipped in just before they have the sale, sometimes even the same day. The variety of goods they can bring in is just unreal. It really is. I've had one of these boxes. Yeah. Uh, it really is a great organization. So be on the lookout for the next produce run by Gathered Goods. It's worth every penny and thank you again to, to casey carpenter and all the staff uh over there at gathered goods the oakwood he owns several restaurants here in town uh great people and um we're just glad to have him on board casey does a ton for the community he does sure. he yep. does and we had a facebook post from last week and uh, i want to read this one and then i want to talk about it a little bit this one's from chris morgan and it says Hello, everyone. Another newbie here. Just to hit the highlights, I'm 60 years young. I'm a nurse that works 12-hour midnights. I have Graves' disease, and I have become a couch potato over the last few years. I just quit smoking four days ago, a 50-year habit, and I found a church today or yesterday for the first time in many, many years. God has great plans for me, and it all starts now. I may only be able to walk a 5K, but that's a start, right? 
I've read some of your stories running marathons, and I just want to reach out and hug you. What an accomplishment. So that's my story. Here I am. Can someone please tell me how to find the 5K nearest to me for run day? Thank you all. I love this. Yeah. I tried to find a representative post from all these posts we've had from people who are, are new to the program. We've had a ton of them. We have. But you know what I found out is I found out there are no representative posts because they're no. all so different. Yeah. And this one just, just caught my eye because this, this, when she said, I just quit smoking four days ago, a 50-year habit, I was like, whoa, that's, <laughs> yeah. this is serious. Started smoking when they were 10. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, this is you pluck this one out of so many great posts. I mean, yeah. we had a we had a was it an email we got the other day? I don't know if you got this or not, um, but a lady who is eighty years old starting this challenge with us this year to do a marathon. I mean, talk about taking away all excuses. Yep. I mean, and just like just like this post here, been a couch potato for five years, smoked for fifty years. They're got 60 years disease. old, got a disease. We've got an 80-year-old starting. There are no excuses. So nope. if you're out there listening to this, I'm going to push on you just a little bit. I'm going to lean in and step on your toes just a little bit. You have no excuses. Now, I shouldn't say there are no excuses. There are situations, and we get it. But for 98% of the people listening, you've got it better than the two people I just described. Yeah. Not, not that the 80-year-old has it bad, but... That's one of the biggest excuses we hear is Absolutely. I, I'm too old mm-hmm. to do that. You're not. You're not. Tune in tonight. Join Run Club right now. Tune in tonight. And it's not too late. Yeah. Start the journey that could change your life physically, mentally, and spiritually. For sure. And I mean that with every fiber of my being. Um, trust us. Yeah. Absolutely. We can, we can help you make it happen. Absolutely. It's interesting the way God can transform somebody so in such a huge way, yeah. like like this. And some people say, well, you know, she just kind of made up her mind to change some things. She kind of got tired of where she was, and she made up her mind to change some things. And they're right. Mm-hmm. She did. But this has God's fingerprints all over sure. it. I mean, this is, uh, this is God nudging her in a direction that's, that's good for her. And um, and I think a lot of times these thoughts that we have where we need to change this or we need to change that, there are a, a lot of those thoughts are placed there by God. You know, it, you're right. And, you know, I listen to, to Dave Ramsey a lot. I'm, I'm one of his – I like listening to him. And one thing that Dave Ramsey says, you can't make real change in your life. And he's talking about financial, obviously. But it's the same, it's the same exact thing until you've had that I've had it moment. Yeah. And that, that's where it sounds like Chris is. That's right. You know, one day the thought entered their mind that I've had it. Yep. I've smoked for 50 years. I'm a couch potato for five years. I'm out of shape. I need to do something. I've had it. And that's where real change can happen is where God pushes you. And God will. God will push us to that edge sometimes where we say, I've had it. And that's where some of the greatest stories, you know, it's, it's a lot of times it's the darkest times precedes the biggest breakthroughs that's absolutely and that's true. that's in so many areas of our lives and especially in in the physical aspect we we can make changes when we finally say i've had it i'm doing something different yeah i'd say almost any christian out there has probably 
been through that. Sure. A lot of them, at least. I know you that's and I where, have. That's where most people come to the foot yeah. of the cross. Yeah. I've had it. Yep. I've, tr- I've tried to do it my way. I've, I've sensed the conviction of the Holy Spirit on my life for a long time. I've had it. Yep. And look what happens. And boom. Yep. Yeah. We had a trivia question for last week, and it was an interesting one. And it's funny because I had a definite thing in my mind mm-hmm. when I asked this question. And then I went and researched it, and it turns out it's not quite as simple and cut cut and dried as I thought it was. I'm, I'm seeing your number, and it's not what I'd have said. Yeah. So, so anyway. The optimal running temperature. There was there were studies done several years ago where they found that the optimal running temperature was about 45, 46 degrees. But it's a little more complicated than that because it seems to depend on the distance that you run. So like for a marathoner. That makes sense, though. 45 to 46 degrees is probably about right. Mm-hmm. For a sprinter running 100 meters, it's more like 70 degrees, 74 yeah. degrees, I think, is what the Tulsa study showed. So um, it, it's really interesting that um, – and, and then, of course, it's a sliding scale. So if you're running the 1,500 meters on the track, well, then that temperature is cooler than 74, I think it was, for 100 meters, but it's warmer than 45 where it mm-hmm. is for a marathoner. So uh, – I, I that's very interesting and something I didn't know. I just I remember those studies from several years ago. This this Tulsa study is re- fairly recent, and there are others that go along with it too. So, um, so what's the perfect running temperature? Well, it depends. <laughs> First, it depends on how far we're going, but it also depends on our physical tolerances mm-hmm. and what we like. You know, I I got a friend of mine that lives here in Dalton who. Um, he loves it when it gets to be 95 degrees outside. That's the way my wife is. I mean, it's hotter than it can. I mean, you can't even walk out the door without start, without a bead of sweat forming on your head as soon as you walk out the door. And he's like, this is perfect running weather. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, it no, hits it's 60 not. degrees and Holly's breaking out the winter clothes and <laughs> the bathrobe, sleeping in the bathrobe. And, uh, yeah, I would have said, I, I've always said 60 degrees, 55, 60 degrees. Yeah. For me is... That's just that feel-good weather where it's just, ah, oh, I love being out here. Yeah. You go c- colder than that, and you kind of have that, mm, it's a little cold out here, but it's still good. Or if you go hotter than that, you know, it feels kind of good when you start, but you get into it a little bit, and it's <laughs> well, You know, the other hot. thing that makes a difference, too, is what what are you doing? Are you just going for an easy run, right. or are you, are you out there running a race? Because yeah. what the temperatures that I'm talking about, I probably should have clarified this in the question, is is race temperatures what's the perfect race temperature right. 45 to 46 degrees well if i'm just going out for a, a three mile run it's going to take me let's say 25 to 30 minutes then um and i'm just going to do it nice easy pace i'm on a recovery week or something like that um well then 45 46 probably gonna feel a little chilly right so if i'm running a race though i know 45 46 feels feels pretty good yeah i can handle it a lot colder than that during a race yeah anyway that's what it is all right so it's not too late to join us tonight like i said we we kick we had the introduction last week uh to the couch to marathon tonight we actually start so for all you people out there thinking you missed it you didn't it all starts tonight there's still time to to form a little group in your community and actually bring some people along beside you and, and coach or facilitate this alongside us. Um, and like we've even said, if if you have any fitness at all, you can join us 
well into the first several weeks of this so it's it's not too late even though we're technically starting tonight it's it's not too late so um if you got questions reach out to us go to the website uh there's a whole we've got a whole website built just on the couch to marathon challenge if you go to runforgod.com and click on the couch to marathon um you can read everything you want to want to know about it yeah and let i'm going to talk to one person out there in particular who's listening to this and going oh, man i'd love to but i'm busy tonight and i won't be able to watch tonight well guess what you can still join and listen if you are a if you're a fairly active person you could probably join up in the first five weeks and be fine yeah so uh so if 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 it turns out that there's some conflicts right now but those conflicts are going to free themselves up and you're going to be able to do it next week well don't don't just go up i can't do it and the beauty this year dean is they're they're kind of on demand um you know they the all the videos all the week's videos drop on sunday morning early sunday morning um so you can really watch them from for for the next week they drop on sunday morning so you can really watch them anytime you want we encourage you to to make a schedule of it to do it the same time every week because that that repetition obviously is just proven that you're going to do better with that if you do it the same time every week mm-hmm. but we've made it flexible because we got a lot of people out there who are facilitating this in their churches this year so we drop the videos on Sunday night for the next week so that there's some flexibility there. So that's that's another thing. If if you can't do it on Monday night, then do it on Sunday night or do it on Tuesday morning or whatever you do. Just try to do it the same time every week. That'll make a difference. Yeah, that consistency makes a difference. Of yeah. course, we, we talk about it all the time, consistency. Uh, number time. one word. Yeah, um, consistency number one word. over time makes, makes big things happen. That's right. Hey, don't forget that this podcast comes to you because of the folks at J Radio. If it wasn't for them, you wouldn't get the quality. I say quality. It's still just you and me. But you wouldn't. (laughs) Quality audio. Yeah. You wouldn't get the quality that you get if it weren't for the folks at J Radio. So go out there and support them. Check out J Radio. Yeah. If your teen is into rock and metal music that makes your ears bleed and your grandmother clutch her pearls, we can help. If your spouse yearns for music from the old days and wants to relive the music of their glory years, we can handle that. If you need a break from the day to spend time with God and recognize His goodness, we'd love to be a part of that. Whether it's rock and metal, classic songs from decades past, or heartfelt worship music, J Radio has you covered. Sign up for an account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store to start listening for free today. All right, so you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, this podcast is great. I love this podcast. I've heard from several of you out there and I appreciate those folks that I've heard from. And I've heard from a lot. Man, I have had a ton of emails lately. You can tell we've got a lot of new folks. Lots of new folks. Because I have gotten uh, overwhelmed with emails over this past week, uh, which is fine. Uh, But also remember that on Thursday nights, we do a live session on Thursday nights, and you can ask questions. And a matter of fact, this past Thursday night was probably our most active Thursday night, just from a discussion standpoint, back and forth that we've had in a while. Yeah, and so uh, that's great to see. So come on, come to those Thursday nights, ready to ask questions, and listen, come ready to ask questions. 
this happens every time I do that thing. Every almost every time I shouldn't be so absolute, but almost every time, as soon as I sign off, I <laughs> notice a question. Boom! Yeah. There's a question right there at the bottom that I missed, and I feel so bad. Yeah. But there's nothing I can do about it at that point. So, uh, so at, get, come ready to ask questions. Yeah. And uh, and ask those questions. And again, you can always send messages to Dean at RunForGod.com. Um, I was just emailing back and forth with a lady who she ran back in high school. Uh, now she's in her 30s, somewhere around 30 to 35, I think. And um, she wants to run a sub three hour marathon. Now wow. She was an outstanding runner in college. And so I feel like she's got a shot at it. And so she was asking for some direction on, on that. And um, and so and then I, I get folks who who just email and say, I, I just want to walk. This was a run club member. Yes. Yes. So uh, that could be our fastest female. right? May, there. She, it sounds like it. Yeah, uh, uh, and she's listened to a lot of our podcasts, so she's probably listening to this right now. So, yeah. uh, but so anyway. let, let me put you on the spot. Yeah. So this is we're recording this January fourth. Yeah. It's going to drop January seventeenth. Uh-huh. We're leaving tomorrow to go to Disney. You're running the marathon. You're you're the you're the fast old guy that I I call you. What's your time going to be? <laughs> I think I asked that on the Thursday Night Live, and you you didn't address it. Oh, did you not? I, I did. I you, didn't catch you just that. Completely ignored me. I don't know how I missed that. <laughs> um, my prediction, if I'm predicting, two fifty six. Two fifty six. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. That's my prediction. I think you do it. Yeah. Well, have see. you ever ran Disney? I never have. No, but I like flat races, and I'll, I'll tell you what. Up until yesterday, I would have told you something slower than that. Yeah. But I felt better yesterday, so I think the taper is working. The overpass is there. Those are the I hills. Remember. But for whatever reason, they look like mountains. I don't know if they're overpasses or, you know, most places that they start an overpass way far away and it kind of gradually goes up. But the overpasses, it did, I guess because they're not technically DOT overpasses, it's yeah. private roads in Disney. But it's like they're flat and then they go straight up and over so those i mean they look like mountains when you're coming up to them <laughs> well, that's um, good so anyway that'll be fun. To look forward to yeah yeah and so we're we're in kind of in marathon season one right now right, right. you have a marathon season one is the beginning of the year and then marathon marathon season two is in the fall yeah when it starts getting cool again because nobody wants to run a marathon when it's exactly. 80 degrees outside yeah um and there's there are quite a few january marathons in this area mm-hmm I, I don't know why, but it's uh, it's it's pretty big in this area. Not as much so in the fall. You know, a lot of big marathons are in the fall, but a lot of the a lot of the marathons close by here seem to be like in January and February. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Hmm. Well, um, we have a story this week from a Run Club member um, who. Everybody knows another household household name. name. She's from New Jersey, so she's awesome automatically, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and this one's from Amber Ward, um, and her story is called "The Best Love Story Imaginable." Back before I really knew Jesus, I was living in the matrix of the world being tossed by the waves of the sea with no spiritual life or firm foundation. I grew up attending Catholic Mass and CCD, Catholic Religious Education, but cannot say that I met Jesus. I believed in God in a general sense, but had no real relationship with Him. I was raised in a home full of issues due to divorce and lack of any true family stability. 
This would include cops, courtrooms, and violence. This led to fear and internal insecurity issues because I was so young. During my middle school years, my father stopped coming around at all. I lived with my mother and stepfather. I believe this led to mostly poor relationships with men in general throughout my life. Not understanding my worth or value because of the lack of having a solid father figure and the lack of any positive examples. I pushed through feeling more like an outcast with a poor self-image. I made poor decisions with limited direction. So in a lot of large group, large settings or gatherings, I would just be the quiet one, keeping to herself. I married in 2003 and divorced in 2007 and became a single mom. My marriage involved verbal and emotional distress. That was advancing toward physical, which compounded the insecurities I had already struggled with from my childhood. More cops and courtrooms. Thank God my son was only two years old. My father passed away in February 2010, and I was there during his final months, weeks, and days in the hospital. We had reconnected for a few years leading up to that time. While it was very difficult, especially at that point in time when we had to let him go and he was taken off life support, I'm glad I will never regret not being there for him in the end. God also used this situation to start a whole process of positive connections for my life. I met Jesus later that same year in 2010. I was invited to check out this church called Grace Church in Netcong, New Jersey, by my cousin I had reconnected with, with at my father's services. I just started to connect with it right away. The style was different and understandable, and I could apply it to my life and start to live it out. I could dance to the music that was joyful and uplifting and healing. I can say I finally met Jesus at this time and started to gain that truth that sets you free. My cousin gave me a Bible and I started reading the book of John. It was the beginning of my spiritual birth. It was a start. In September 2019, I signed up for a Run for God class at my church because I found myself in a lost position once again, off track, dealing with another heartbreak as a single woman, confused, frustrated, and exhausted. But God came and pulled me out of it and put it on my heart. This is what you're going to sign up for. I had no idea what it was about, but I went. Now I was rebuilding myself with God through each weekly workout. Quitting was not an option. This process started to show me how to get out of that quiet and insecure comfort zone. I was gaining strength on multiple levels, and I was starting to live out my faith with a confidence like I never had before. I not only completed my graduation 5K, but I also kept going and have gone on to run multiple half marathons, 12 halves in 12 months for 2021. With my longest run at 18 miles on this beautiful trail where I found the most amazing sense of peace, I'll never forget. I am currently training for my first full marathon scheduled for February 6th in Jacksonville, Florida called the Donna. I do not care about being first, fast, or finishing with a prize that isn't eternal. I love the grit and the grind I go through mentally and physically as I run hard. I can push through the pain and disappointment as my legs crank my body up hills, and I can hang on to Jesus and His Holy Spirit at the same time carrying me. I feel so strong, sometimes I can't believe how much God has put inside of me. On my easy runs, I get to blast my music and completely worship him with the sun beaming down on my face. Or I meet a friend and 
talk the entire time about everything, and the fellowship fills my heart. I love how running and daily life are so similar. The endurance that is required for tackling both activities by hanging on to Jesus and God's promises while following and trusting the plan. I love to encourage others and watch them fight to succeed just just, just the same. Years ago, I was broken and tossed around by circumstances. Now I have Jesus in my life, and the more I dive into God's word, the more I know the love Jesus has for me, and it has been the best love story imaginable. I am loved and complete in who I am in Christ. I am the daughter of a king. I know he has a plan for me. He is the only true water for this thirsty soul. He restores and strengthens and turns all things over for good. I am standing on a firm foundation now. The spirit in me is greater than anything that could ever be against me and has brought he has brought me he has brought such supportive friends and families into my life and both Jesus and Paul were single so I'm in good company. In the Bible, Paul even talks about the benefits of being single, and I believe God has me right where he wants me. I'm learning to enjoy this season of my life. And just maybe, God wants me all to himself. Wow. We have had some deep stories lately, haven't we? That one's up there at the top. Yeah. Great story, Amber. Um, Yeah, it's funny how the early part of her life and my life are very, very similar. Yeah. All the way up to her dad passing. Yeah. yeah, kind of gave me cold chills when I was hearing it. Yeah, and it forms a uh, uh, it forms some things in you that that are not erasable. Yeah, that carry on and, and, and affect decision making for your whole life. But it's and, it's crazy how, and I think Amber would probably agree that you look back on those circumstances, as horrible as they were, and how it shaped you into who you are. And yeah. you, it's it really gives scripture of all things work for the good of those who loves Christ, it gives it a new meaning and you see that, yeah, it's true. I mean, we, we go through things that are just, we've talked about it a lot. I mean, you and I both have in recent history gone through things, but it always makes us better yeah. in the end. So that's it. Just kudos to Amber for, for sharing that. Yeah. She talks about in here how she loves the grind and the pushing herself to the limit and that kind of thing. And I really believe that for a lot of people, now some of it, some people are just born with that. It's just mm-hmm. innate in them. But for a lot of people, and just as a coach, coaching athletes, what I see is the people that are able to dig the deepest mm-hmm. are the ones that have the most tragedy in their life and the ones that go through the most tough times. They had to learn it. They, they had to learn it. They weren't yeah. born with it, but they had to learn it. Yep. Yeah. And they realize that when, when you're running and it's and it hurts a little bit, it really does just hurt a little bit. Whereas yeah. people who have never gone through tough right. things or really tough things, a lot of times they, they feel that and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is the end of the world. Yeah. Whereas, you know, another person might look at that same pain and go, this is nothing. Yeah. You know? And don't hear us. Don't hear what we're not saying. You know, there's there's people I had this conversation with with one of my sons just recently that, you know, he, he was kind of he was kind of feeling like he was missing out because he he's not really going through anything like this in his life. And you, you shouldn't look at it. You shouldn't look at it that way. That that's a blessing. It it's, is. Yeah. We're not saying that only people, cause I mean, Lane has tremendous grit. I mean, he does. And, and so there's, there's different ways to gain that. It doesn't have to be, it just happens that 
some people get it from tragedy in their life. Other people get it different ways. And so, yeah, we're not saying that, that you can't be gritty if right. you haven't been through those things. Exactly. For yeah, sure. That's not what For I'm sure. Saying. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. Yep. How about a scripture passage? First Peter 5, 10, and 11. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. I mean, that's what we can hang our hat. Yeah, I mean, when we're because because that's that's the that's the promise that we need when we're going through those things Um, to to know that suffering produces perseverance and patience. All these promises where Peter's saying here, we will be made strong, firm and steadfast because of. Yeah. the things that we're going through and but it's so hard if you're not in God's word during those times it's so hard to lose that yeah and give up hope and turn to something that's not healthy yeah you know I, I've read the I've read the Bible from cover to cover mm-hmm. I've studied a good portion of the Bible and you know what I can't find I can't find the no suffering plan. Yeah. I, I can't find that plan in the Bible anywhere yeah. uh, because it's not there. And it doesn't mean, again, back to what we were just talking about, it doesn't mean if you don't suffer as much as somebody else that God doesn't love you because he's not made, He's not got but you through what trials. I, what but. I want to ask is where did that notion ever come from? Where did the notion that follow Christ and, and your life will be made easy? I, I don't know what what has ever, whatever started that notion or that idea. That's a good question. I mean, because the Bible's very clear very very explicit that yeah. that's not the case yeah and so if if that's what we're to look to for truth then then where did this whole idea of your life is supposed to be easy and you know the the whole prosperity gospel movement i mean where where does that even stem from yeah and i i, I assume that all of that stems from it's a couple, i think it's a combination of things but obviously it's the world affecting what we think and I, do you think that maybe that people from the outside looking in, they look at us and we talk about joy and peace and all that stuff, and they they just assume that's what it's all about? You know that it's that that means you must you have joy and peace. That means you're happy all the time. That's what joy and peace means. Now we know that's not what they're, joy they're and peace com- means. They're combining peace and happiness. Yes, and we know that those are <laughs> yeah not mutually exclusive by any stretch of the means. <laughs> For um, sure, yeah. First John 4, 4, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. I love that verse. Yeah. Just love that verse. Um, it's, it's so great. We know who wins. We know who wins. It tells us we don't really have to worry. You know, we, we all know people who worry a lot. And you, there's people listening to this who they're worriers and they know they're worriers. I'm a worrier. You're a worrier. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we don't we don't have to. Yeah. We don't have to. And God doesn't really want us to worry. I think that's important to understand. Yeah, and and we needed to draw the distinction. We're 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 kind of making distinctions here. Lack of worrying isn't the same of is lack of caring. Right. I should say I'm caring. That's that's what I am. I'm just you caring, are. Dean. You are. You're not a you're not a huge worrier. You you you're cautious. You're very you're you're very 
Caution. caution. Did you you're just say caution? I just about did. Did you yeah. just make that word? <laughs> uh, but you, you know, you're you're very cautious about what you do and how you how you make that next step, and that's not bad, right. uh, certainly. But, but I do. I think I, that is one of my one of my vices. I I do worry. Yeah. You know, I, but I'll, you get have, so, I'll get something on my mind and I can't get it out. That's my problem. That, I'll dwell on something. You know that. That is my true. My wife tells me that, that a is lot. True. Is I, I get something in my head and it's like. The whole world should stop until I figure this out, and that's wrong. I mean, that is worrying. And uh, but yeah, I mean, scriptures like this are what I actually. My wife actually printed a few of these scriptures out, and I actually have some sitting right here behind me, and some on my bathroom counter. Um, because we do need to, we do need to read these over yeah. and over and over and over again. Holly's so awesome. I'll tell you what, <laughs> we both married way over. Our yes, head. we did. <laughs> Philippians 4.12, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And, of course, that's followed by, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. Which is That's the real context for that verse. That's right. Is that we can be content. And I love that she uses that portion of that verse. Yeah. Because we so often. She didn't even put 13 in there. Yeah. 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 We so often just kind of skip over that. Right. But uh, but that's that's what it means. It it means when, when we're a child of God, it doesn't mean that we're outside of all the struggles and outside of all the bad things happening to us. And it, it just means that we we understand how to be content even when things are bad. Yeah. You know, the. The, over the last couple of years with this, the the virus that's been out, um, there have been reasons for a lot of people to really be worried about that. Mm-hmm. But what I've noticed is the Christian community is a lot less worried about it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a reason for that because they understand how to be content with it is what it is and I can't change it and I can do all the things that I want to do to try to avoid it. But it's it's just it's there and it, it is what it is. Well, and what's a shame is is um, kind of society has painted us that we don't care, right? Or that we're some kind of holy roller and we're on some kind of healing journey. Or, or it's it's it is what you just said. It's we're not fearful, but we're not reckless, and we're not worrying. But that doesn't mean that we don't care. Right. The, all of those are separate issues, but the world will try to paint us as a people that we're saying that about. We're, we're using all those adjectives that we don't care and we don't, you know, we're not fearful. And it, you, you got to pull those things apart to see that we we do care and we're not fearful yeah, but, but we're not we're not reckless, and we do care. I, I'm I'm getting my words mixed up here, but you see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, and it goes back to what we were saying a few minutes ago. Why does why why are we pain? Why are why are Christians looking at like life's going to be rosy? Well, maybe that's why, because people from the outside looking in, they look at us and like like well, they don't even care about this thing that's out there, and they're just happy go lucky, and you know what I mean? That they, maybe they look at us that way. When the truth is, are we concerned? Yes, yes, I, I, I am concerned. Uh, my wife 
has mm-hmm. a lung issue. Sure. I don't need to bring a, a, a lung disease home to my wife. I'm right. very concerned. However, I'm not worried about what's going to happen because yeah. I know that God's got me in the palm of his hand and I don't have to worry. Yeah, and it's the whole concept of, you know, do I, we're going to get kind of, this is kind of getting morbid. We'll move on right after this. But <laughs> do I want to die? No. But if I do, I know where I'll be. And there's, that's where the, that's where the true peace you know, we ask the question, do you have peace with God? Do you know that you know if you were to die, not that you want to, but that where you'll spend eternity? And if you if you do know the answer to that, that changes your whole outlook on every single thing you do, whether it's running a marathon or it's COVID. Yeah. It your your perspective on life in general changes. And it's 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 no it's not arrogance. It's not that we don't care. It's not that we're reckless. It's that we know what's after this. Yeah. And I get why there's been so much angst in this is because there are people out there who don't know. And that that's a terrifying place to live. Yeah. And that's why we're called to reach those people. Yeah. Um, We'll, we'll, we'll kind of move on from there. But, I mean, you, you get the point. I, I do get the point, and, and what, what, this is kind of switching gears onto the same question. We know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. Um, you and I have both kind of been in that boat mm-hmm. where we've had, we've, we, we've had enough stuff that we can pretty much you, – we're not – neither one of us have ever been rich – but right. both of us have been in that position where we had plenty, and we've both been in that position where it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're struggling a little bit to get mm-hmm. by. Got to worry about paying bills and, and mm-hmm. things like that. And the truth is, is that one strengthens the other. Sure. Because when you've had plenty and then you don't have much, you appreciate the plenty Mm-hmm. from a distance and vice versa when you have the plenty when you've been through not having enough I've, I, I mentioned I remember having a conversation with my uh, college girls team one time and I I told them I, and this was maybe this was bad and out of line to say it but I told them I said you folks just haven't been through enough bad stuff I said you've because you, everybody that was on the team at that time they all had just fairly easy lives. Now I had one that didn't and I talked to her afterwards and I said I wasn't necessarily talking to you because she does have a, a different home life but um, but there's some strength in that. When I was in college um, we didn't have a whole lot of money when I was growing up and so when I was in college I ate ramen noodles <laughs> I scrambled me up some eggs for breakfast I ate macaroni and cheese and I drank Big K grape soda <laughs> and that's what I lived on for years yeah. because that's what it was going to take for me to get through college and I wanted to do it debt free mm-hmm. and so I got through college living off of when I got when I got out of college when I had my blood tested I was anemic mm-hmm. because I ate so poorly while I was in college um, but you know that makes me really appreciate the fact that I can reach in the cupboard today and get what I want and it's yeah. good and it's good for me and uh, I just think there's a lot to be said for being having plenty and have, being in want and, and those two helping each other. Wisdom comes from failure. Yeah, yeah. 
That's good. How about a question? Have you ever had a time in your life when you did not know your worth? And how has God shown you in your true worth in him? Shown you your true worth in him? Hmm. I guess we've all felt inadequate at one time or another. Um, I I remember uh, this is very personal to me. And I don't know that I've ever talked about this. Um, but I remember when I left that job that I'd been at for 25 years. You develop relationships with people and, and that kind of thing over that 25 years. And I remember when I left that job, I found out that there were some people who supported me very strongly to my face. But in the background, they didn't. And once I was gone, it was like, man, I'm glad he's gone. And then there were other people who you were like, you know, I mean, you had the opposite effect, too. Mm-hmm. But you had those few people who obviously you find out in hindsight were routinely maybe even plunging a knife in your back, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so I'm not complaining about that, but it's made me think about things a lot different. And it'll make you question your worth. You know, when you when you when you go through that and you realize that these people that I trusted didn't give me a good reason to trust them, um, then then it's hard to trust the next person. Mm -hmm. And the only way that I can trust that next person, having gone through what I've gone through, is to rely on God, to, to, to pray and to ask God. Lord, Lord, if there are people who are working against my interest, Lord, I don't want that to be a relationship that flowers. I want, I only want to be involved with people who have my, I want to have their interest in heart and I want sure. them to have mine at heart. And, um, and I think that's, um, that's important, but that's, that's where kind of this question, um, kind of hits me when I think about it. Yeah. I guess when I read this question, I looked at it a little bit different angle. You know, I think, I think did not know your worth kind of falls in the same bucket of misplaced identity. And I'll never forget. I think I told you this story. I was at a, uh, a triathlon. There was a, there was a young lady. She's, she was basically at the top of the rankings in the sport of junior triathlon. And, um, I was talking to her dad. She had had a, uh, kind of a bad race, a bad experience at a, a high level race and her world just came apart. I mean, she went from on top to to just because that was her identity. Yeah. And she had a bad experience, and it was kind of it was kind of it was caught on TV. I mean, there was cameras there, and she kind of had a breakdown. And I remember talking to her dad, and he was talking about how they had her in counseling, and they just didn't know what to do. And and I remember, and I know the family, and I know that they're they're not believers. And I remember thinking that is just a if there's any better picture for someone who has that God sized void in their life, it was her because what yeah. she thought was her identity, anything other than God, the identity can crumble. That's right. And that's why it's so important that we don't put our identity in running or be in the run for God guys or our jobs or our kids or our spouses or even our church. Yeah. Because all those things are fallible. And I remember just thinking, you know, and, and this is not a family that's receptive 
they they know what I stood for because it was on the front of my shirt every time I talked to them. <laughs> but it's one of those where you're, you're not going to have that dialogue. We all we got to do is simply live right out in front of them. But I remember thinking it, it kind of hit on this question that sometimes it's not may not the question may not necessarily be not knowing our worth, but it's are we misplacing our our identity, which will in turn lead to this question. Um, yeah, you know for. And for all the, all of us out there listening, for anybody out there listening, if if your identity is in something other than Christ, you, you're setting yourself up for disaster. Yeah. And if you don't know, maybe you're out there and you're thinking, well, my identity is in Christ, but yet you put so many things in front of Christ. Yeah. It's it, it's time to evaluate. Yeah. I can't help but think, you know, we don't we don't know a lot of times when we have an impact on people. And I can't help but think because I know Lane and her, they're friends. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you you have to wonder because Lane had, has had bad races, too. Mm-hmm. But he reacts to them completely differently. Sure. Than she does. And you have to wonder if that's had an impact seeing him. I react mean, you can only hope. Does. I mean, yeah. we may not ever know this side of glory. I mean, it's this young lady. You've heard me talk about, you know, Lane going to that camp with a lot of these top athletes and and they made the comment lane you don't cuss and lane just said that's you know that's just kind of my conviction and and when lane got back he was almost embarrassed about it and i said lane that's the that is the cream of the crop right there that is (laughs) that is what you that is what we as christians live for because we're different and it's not that we're preaching that we're different we're showing that we're different and 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 this young lady was there and I don't think she was the one that asked the question, but she was sitting there. And, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Well, I don't agree with that completely, it's it's right. It's yeah. it's how we live our life out in front of these people that is not judgmental, but it is compassionate, that we are we're showing that we do care, but we're not fearful. It's but but society will try to mush all that together and it's just not the case but the longer we do it the more it becomes obvious yeah yeah good point good story another question what are some ways single christians can better serve in church church communities full of married couples and how can married christians support single christians (laughs) There, there are always other single people around um and um Youth and children, I think. If you if you if you're asking specifically, what can you get involved with? I think youth and children are a great place for folks that are single to get involved with. Because so many times, we're both married. We know that it's really nice to be able to leave your children with somebody who you know has the right heart mm-hmm. and who you know is going to take good care of them. And a lot of times, um, singles are, are are the ideal people to fill those roles in the church. Yeah, I mean, we have a we have a singles ministry at our church and obviously I'm not really plugged into it, but I I, I know how much good they do and it, it that's you know, that's another way that if you're if you're looking, you know, we we're called to plug in to where we're at. And if, you know, that's to me that's the most important thing is finding a place where you can plug in cuz some churches, you know, don't have that component. Um, just like some churches don't focus on preschool or, or youth, you want to find a place where you can plug in. I think that's the most important thing that you've got those outlets there to plug into. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think as married folks, I think that we can provide a good example mm-hmm. um, of what what a, a good biblical marriage looks like. Yeah. Um, I think that's important. You know, every year, at least once a year, um, I take the time to tell the ladies on the, the Dalton State cross-country team that they are important, mm-hmm. that they're they're worth something, and that in life they need to find a partner that – adores them that's the word i always use somebody who adores them because that's what you want Uh, one of our girls just got engaged Mm -hmm. um and i watch the guy that she's engaged to i watch him look at her he adores her Mm -hmm. that's what they all need to look for and um that's hard for obviously second to loving jesus yeah yeah but the idea is that what I'm trying to relay to them is here's my marriage and this is what it looks like and this is the way yours should look. If it's if there are abuses and it's constant arguing and there's you know no respect and if all of that stuff is there, that's you need to get away from that. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we can we can show them, look, this is this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Then I just think that's the best thing we can do for single folks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, last question how can we find contentment in a season of struggle when we don't know how long the season will last man if we had the real answer to that question (laughs) that's a tough one to answer when you're in the middle of it I mean looking back well I I do have an answer for it you look back because we've all had seasons in the past and we all look back on those and think what was I ever worried about and knowing that a year, two years from now, the season that you're in now, you're going to look at it the same way. Um, it's there again. It's okay to be concerned, but it's not okay to worry and stress and be in fear. And that just that just does nobody any good. And I mean, probably the first answer to that question is you got to spend time in prayer. Yeah, I mean the. And I think we've talked about this on this podcast before, but it's it's so funny how movies, and they don't do it as much nowadays, but I think about Home Alone. You know, we're just coming off Christmas, and the old man, you know, he's so overwhelmed by this this chasm that's formed between him and his daughter. You know, this is the old man across the street. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And toward the end of the movie, he's at the church. Yeah. And it seems like, especially older movies, that was the picture that when people are at their lowest, you'll see the the footage of them sitting in a church, praying, thinking, whatever. But, I mean, there's been times in my life where that really is happening. That That's just a picture of when we're at our lowest, that's, that's when we draw closest to God. And so that, for that reason, that's why, that is why, God allows things in our life to draw us closer to him. Yeah. Um, so that's really well said. I think about, you talk about street lights all the time mm-hmm. and, and how God lights those up. And if we're headed toward that next street light every time, regardless of what we're going through in between here and the street light, um, then we're headed to the right place. Sure. If we feel plugged into what he, where he's got us going, mm-hmm. um, for that street light then and then we you know if we're at that street light then we just have to wait for the next one and know 
again, looking back, knowing he's going to light another street light. Impatience. It's coming. Yeah. That's where I yeah. struggle the worst is I, yeah. I, I want to do something. I, I don't have the contentment. That's contentment is something I really have to work at. Yeah. I'm a doer. Yeah. And so, so many times looking back, I, God's saying, just, just chill out. Just sit there and, and just sit there. And sometimes Holly's saying that too. Yeah. And, but I'll do. And I'll yeah. think, well, you know, it's the old, we've said this, I'll help God out in air yeah. quotes. Yeah. And that never, ever, ever works. No. But yet I'll, I'll still do, I, I will do it again. And yeah. <laughs> that's part of who we are. God, I just feel like he's sitting up there going, when is this kid ever going to learn? The same things I say about my kids. Yep. I know that God's up there saying the same. That's why so many times when I tell my kids something and I'm getting on to them, it's like God's just, you know, jabbing me right in the nose. Yeah. And and I'm hearing him say the same exact thing to me. And that's why I love the, I love the parent-child relationship and knowing that that's exactly how our relationship with God is. I think it'd be great if we could hear God laugh at us. It may not feel good at the time, but it would be a, it, would, it would bring a chuckle afterwards. <laughs> While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. Okay, we're back, and boy, we have a lot of activity, both on the Facebook page, through email. Through, there's a, We've had a lot of activity throughout the club with yeah. people finishing up the marathon challenge and people just about to begin the new marathon challenge so i think it's a new dynamic that we didn't necessarily have last year is we have all these new people coming into the run club group which by again again we'll say that run club facebook group is worth the price of entry hands down and it's proving itself right now but we've got all these new people coming in thousands of new people coming in who are you know they're they're doubting their decision (laughs) I mean, I just, yeah. it's that wake up Monday morning and say, what did I just do? Yeah. And they, they signed up for a marathon basically by joining this club and they've got all these doubts, but they come in to the run club group and they're seeing all these people who are graduating and saying, I had never run a step in my life. And here I am, I'm headed to Disney next week about to do my marathon. I've done my 20 mile run. I didn't think I could do it. You know, Shannon Coker, gay's husband, um, right here in our, our own household basically he's doing his first marathon and i mean he is just he's he's done 5k's and he's even done halves before yeah um but to see him doing his first marathon it's just it's it's incredible and so his story is giving confidence to all these new people coming in we didn't have that last year um, and that's why we're so excited about this year because we can say it works we know it works. You know, yeah. when we started it last year, we knew it would work, but we 
we didn't have any proof of that. Right. Now we've got the proof. That's right. Uh, and so if you're out there listening and you, you haven't run in your life, you're thinking about doing it, you think you need to get ready before you do it, no. Just join us tonight and get this thing started and, and change your life. And we've got, uh, of course, we have the walkers that have been brought on. Yep. But let me talk about another group because I have had a few emails from people who are what we call Galloway Method people, mm-hmm. which means that they do walk-run intervals as they run. And I've had questions about having a specific training plan mm-hmm. targeted towards those folks, and we don't. Right. And there's a reason why we don't. And the reason why we don't is because everybody who does this Galloway method, the walk-run method, is different. Mm-hmm. Some people run more than they walk. Mm-hmm. Some people walk more than they run. Um, you know, it could be somebody that at the end of every mile, they walk for two minutes, mm-hmm. you know. And then uh, another person is like, they walk they walk for five minutes and then they run for two minutes. Uh, there's the, the, the possibilities are endless. Mm-hmm. And so – we don't have a plan out there. And if you're one of those people who rely on that method, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Don't hear us say that it's not okay to do it just because we don't have a plan for it. But just understand that we're just leaving that up to you to decide what that interval is going to be. Yeah, I, we don't have a plan, but we kind of do. I mean, we've we've basically given – we're giving people the framework for all the way from – if you follow this and you do it to a T and you really put 1,000% in it, you will get faster. Yeah. You know, we've got people that want to get faster in the marriage. You just mentioned a young lady. And we have all the way to the other extreme of, I just want to be able to walk a marathon. And there's people, honestly, in a few of my walks last year, I jogged some. Just yeah. because, honestly, walking for 13 miles – it feels good to jog yeah. during that sound. Yeah. I mean, it really does. It's yeah. it's very hard to do. And so anywhere in between there kind of falls in by default to the to the Galloway method. Now, we're not gonna debate and I if if we've got some people coming in to run club who are Galloway method people, just know we're not gonna have the debates on whether that actually makes you a faster runner. And I'm not even going to give my opinion right now. We're just not going to debate that because that is a popular debate and well, run club's just not the place for it. Nope. But the door's open for you. I mean, we it really anything in between walking and running the whole thing, which we cover both of those spectrums. That's right. Really anything in between that by default that's is right. the Galloway method. That's right. That's right. So, and and that's okay. That's exactly We've right. We've never said that the Galloway method is not okay. No, and there the door's some, open for everybody here. And some people have had some revelations from it. You know, exactly. they, they feel like this is what I was meant to do. Right. And that's great. If that's you, fantastic. Yeah. Knock yourself out. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's not for me. I can't, I, I don't know that I could stop and walk in the middle of a run. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I just, wow. But I've been running for so many years. So yeah. anyway. Well, if you're like me, if I'm, if I'm running a long distance and I stop to walk, the problem is getting started to keep. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's, that's the reason I don't do it. either. I walk or I run. Well, let me tell you, when you get to be my age, you know, and you stop, like I, I'm on an 18 miler and I stop for a drink of water. Uh, that, those first couple steps back, man, they are painful. You need a you need a choke button to get you Ooh, going again. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. All right, it is time for Dean's thoughts. And that's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. 
So do you know why covered bridges are covered? That's a good question, Dean. I'm excited to hear this. Yeah. Covered bridges are a beautiful reminder of days gone by. We've all seen a breathtaking photograph of a covered bridge, right? Do you assume those bridges were built to show off the carpenter skills of the builder? Like the bridges of today, there were certainly extra decorations fashioned into the bridge to make it easier on the eye. But did you know that covered bridges were not covered to make them prettier or even to offer protection to the user of the bridge? There was a far more practical reason for all that extra work. Covered bridges were covered to protect the bridge itself. Keeping the main structure of the bridge out of the sunlight, rain, and snow made the bridge last longer. The extra work was done to prevent more work later on. Hopefully, at least part of the reason you're a runner or a walker is to prevent breakdown later. The activity we do is a lot of extra work, just like the bridge builder spent twice as long on a bridge to cover it. But do... But we do what we do for the same reason, only this time is to protect us from deteriorating bodies. The movement of today helps ensure we're healthier 20 years from now. The extra work now leads to less work in the future. And there's a much more short-term way to look at this, too. When we spend the extra time stretching, hydrating, eating right, and strength training, we keep ourselves healthy so that we can keep running and spend less time at the doctor's office. There's a reason why there's an entire industry focused on preventive maintenance for our vehicles. It pays to spend a little time today to prevent bad things from happening tomorrow. Every time you do the extra things to make your body move and perform better, you're performing preventive maintenance. You're ensuring that you can do it longer and more efficiently. You're tuning up your body. Have you ever heard someone say, I don't need a church to be a Christian? The Bible tells us in Hebrews that we are not to forsake the assembling of believers. God wants us to gather together. Why? I think there are many reasons, but I think part of it is preventive maintenance. When we are out with other believers, it sustains us. It lets us know there are other people out there like us and gives us strength through worship. The next time you're struggling to get going, maybe you should think about your check engine light. If your check engine light was on, you wouldn't keep driving, would you? Just imagine your light is not on yet, but if you don't do your daily prevention, you know it's coming. And if you're struggling with your faith, there's no better place than with a group of believers who help to keep you on track. Bridges are covered to help them last longer. You run and or walk to help you last longer. It really is that simple. Man, where do you come up with these ideas, Dane? That's that's awesome. I'm well, in the building business and I never knew why bridges were covered. Well, what's interesting about this, I just love this. I was I listened to I don't even remember where I read it. I read it Makes sense, though. I I, I don't. Yeah, it does. I don't remember where I heard it, but it was been a couple of weeks ago. And then like this past week, Debbie and I are riding in the car and she just out of the blue. Like we're not we we were done with whatever discussion. She just out of the blue. She says, how come bridges are covered? (laughs) I'm like, why are you asking that? Because I thought she had some insight into something that I had heard or read or something. But no, it's just random. That, I'm uh, sure it was a coincidence. I'm sure it was a coincidence. Yeah, uh, but somebody yeah, she, needed to hear this story. Yeah, is why she asked you. Yeah, so she asked me <laughs> that, and I thought, hey. And then we started talking about the applications to our faith. And faith. she just thought you were brilliant, didn't she? Because you had the answer I, to why are bridges covered on the tip of your tongue. 
You, well, I told her I just heard it. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's that's funny, isn't it, how that works? Yeah. <laughs> but the, the lesson is so perfect. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's, yeah, I mean, you, you do hear people say, well, I can, you know, I can – I can talk to God on the golf course and on the lake fishing or in a deer stand, and, and that's true. But your analogy is is perfect. That that's what gives us our maintenance. That's where we that's where we're checking under the hood, if you will, because that stuff comes out when you're talking with other believers and uh, holding each other accountable. I, I, I've mentioned on here before. I've got a. A gentleman at my church, whenever we see each other, his question is, are you clean? Yeah. And it's not just a passing question. It's a dead look in the eyes, and he's going to see yeah. my answer, not just hear my answer. Yeah. And uh, we, we need that. We've got to have that. Yep, yep, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, and you're pretty big on preventive stuff. Probably you. too much. Yeah. I'm, I'm the guy that fills my gas tank up when it's half empty. Yeah, um, yeah, which I think is crazy. Uh, you're the you're the guy saying you think I can make it. <laughs> yeah, there's a Seinfeld episode. Do you remember that one? I never saw it. Really? Yeah. Oh, you've got to see it. But I remember one time uh, I, we were in the mountains and we were driving, and it was me and my brother and my father. Now it was the one time, gosh, in the past forty years that my brother and my father and I were all hanging out together, and it was just the three of us. And we had gone somewhere. We actually went on a train ride. My father loves trains, and so do I. Um, and we were on our way back. Well, we had to go over a mountain to get back to where we were staying. And um, I was getting really close. And, you know, out there in the mountains, there's not a gas station at every corner. <laughs> and I got I went longer and longer. And, and I'm like, oh, we're, we're, good. we're fine. We're fine. And I keep saying, oh, we're fine. We're fine. In the back of my... In the back of my head, I'm like, oh, gosh, I hope we make it. I hope we don't get stuck on the top of this mountain. I remember going down the other side and going, don't even touch the gas. Just coast down the other side. And uh, anyway. you got to see that sign, Philip. So. Yeah, yeah. Was- You'll like this story because so, this just happened last night. So the truck that I drive, it's a, it's a nicer truck. It's, it's a company truck of my brother's construction company that, that I work with. And so it's a company vehicle, and it's a lease vehicle. That, that he lets me drive but it has 15,000 miles a year January the 9th will be one year to the day from I got that I got that truck well last night when I pulled it in the garage I said I'm not driving it again until January the 9th because guess how many miles is on that truck 14,999 <laughs> that's what's on the odometer right now on that truck because you gotta have it 15,000 <laughs> <laughs> on the day that it hits one year, right? Oh, he got a big goodness. kick out of that, too, because I sent him a picture of I, the mileage last <laughs> night. I said, 15,000 in one year. I said, close enough. <laughs> You're the only person I know. But he's more that. like you, so he <laughs> yeah. just thinks that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, just go drive it. I'm like, no, yeah. it's going to sit in the garage till after January the 9th. <laughs> Luckily, we're going to Disney this week, so that's going to help. Takes care of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you're not taking that truck. <laughs> yeah. Uh that's funny. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. 
You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, we're back. And so I listened to a podcast recently about belief building, right? And it was it wasn't from a spiritual standpoint, but it was but I think about it from an athlete standpoint that getting people to believe in themselves is really important for an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Coaches spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to find that button on that athlete that lets them know they're better than they think they are. It's it's something we've, we both struggled with mightily. Um, and if you're a coach and you say you haven't struggled with that, well, then you're just lying. Well, it's like you're on either end of the spectrum. You're, you, some athletes, you're trying to find the realistic button. Yeah, that's right. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you're not as good as you think you are. Yeah. And then sometimes it's the other. Finding yeah. that athlete in that sweet spot is golden. That, that is correct, yeah. But it made me think of something else. Um, what What are some of those things we do? to help get athletes to believe in themselves. What, what do we do for those people when somebody just doesn't believe in themselves? Trick them? We do, we've done that before. We've done that a number of times, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably our number one method. Is, yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I still remember. I, I, I was a little uncomfortable sometimes with uh, telling splits that weren't quite exactly accurate. I never was uncomfortable with it. No. (laughs) I flat out lied to Lane one time when he broke five minutes for the first time. Do you remember this? I remember it, yeah. I was calling the splits out, but I was calling splits that were slower than what he was actually running. (laughs) And if I remember, he skipped the 450s altogether. He went from like 505 to 440-something. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's because he was thinking I was going to be calling 459 splits, and – I was actually calling out like 505 splits, but that's not what he was actually running. And so, but man, when he got done, he was like, oh, did I make it? And I was like, yeah, you ran 440 something. He was like, what? That's not the splits you were calling out. And I was like, well, you know, that might've been a little wild lie because I knew you could do it. Uh, well, this completely 100% undermines everything I was going to say from this point forward. So... I- <laughs> Because I was going to make the point that what we do as coaches is we try to get athletes to believe in us, to have confidence in what we say, so that when we say something, they believe what we say, and then... But, yeah, I mean, it it still kind of makes the points because we knew, and we were telling Lane, you can run a sub-five, and he just, he kind of didn't believe it. Right. And so we made the point during that. And that's why he took it. Just trust us. Yeah, yeah. But he's got confidence in you, and and that's yeah. what and that's kind of my. But he point. checks his own splits on the track too now. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> but that's that's kind of my point is is that we have to have in order for an athlete to change an athlete to that athlete we know they can be, we have to get their confidence. Sure. Is it 
sharing Christ the same? Don't we have to try to get, in order for somebody to, to listen to what we have to say, we have to gain their confidence. Sure. Otherwise, they're not going to listen to us, right? Yeah, that's. And we skip that process very often. Just like there's a lot of coaches out there who are like, I don't care what they think about me. It's hammer, hammer, hammer. Well, that doesn't work. You know, I mean, it works for a little bit and it works for some people. It doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. Well, that's where the whole, like I said, I, and I don't agree with it 100%, but the whole Francis of Assisi's quote that you hear, which may or may not actually be him that said it, of preach the gospel and if necessary, use words, that's that's what it's talking about. Is yeah. You don't you don't go in, you don't lead with you're a sinner headed for hell. You need Jesus, and that's why I say I don't agree with it because there's some situations where that does work. Yeah, but by and large, you're right. We need to we need to show Christ. Yeah, by our actions and and, and get people comfortable with us and to trust us. And yeah, I mean you are right. Yes, yeah. that's, that's correct. I hadn't thought about it from a coaching standpoint. Well, how about a trivia question for next week? Well, this one's too easy, Dean. You think this one's too easy? This one's too easy. Too easy. You're going to have a hundred emails in the first ten minutes of this thing, Aaron. Yeah, because they're going to. They're going. Somebody knows the answer to this one. Yeah, they don't have to look this one up. But uh, maybe you can look at a little. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what the answer to this is mm-hmm. and, and, and why the answer is what it is next week. So here's the trivia question. What is it called when you run the second half of the race faster than the first half? And if you know the answer to that one, send it to dean at runforgod.com. Now, we need to say, and this is going to be the point going forward. Holly actually bent my ear about this yesterday. Um, because of the overwhelming response to Run Club, we have run out of Run Club boxes. Um, so for the foreseeable future, we're going to be send, sending out as the prizes the Run for God coffee mugs, the the tumbler thermos things. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but we have ran out of Run Club boxes, and so we have to stock back up on those, and that doesn't happen overnight. So That's a good uh, sign. Typically, we send out a run club box. We say send your T-shirt size, but we, we're out of them. So we're going to send out the coffee mugs, which are pretty cool. And you don't have to be a coffee drinker to use one. You can be a, a tea drinker like Dean is. And, uh, you don't and have use to them. say it like that. <laughs> I just I just think if you hold your pinky out every time you say I need some tea, you know, you're doing the tea drinking. Uh, you know, don't, we got to make fun of each other. Don't make some fun things. of Don't make fun of my British roots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, send that answer to Dean at RunForGod.com, and um, and we'll 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 get that mug right out to you. Yeah. Every week, I share a reason why running is so awesome. And this is this week's uh, reason. It's a full body workout. Hmm. I read somewhere recently that it takes 200 muscles to take one running step. Now think about that. How much more involved can you be with anything that you do than to use 200 muscles doing that thing? And so um, I don't know how many muscles there are in the body. There's 600. I just Googled it. All right. There's 600. So, <laughs> so a third of your body's getting worked out. Yeah, all at, at one time. So there you go. There's uh, there's a, a great full body workout is running, right? 
So that's, that's pretty interesting. That's great. Yeah. Never knew that. Now you know. Now you know. How about a motivational thought of the week? I like this one. It's from Henry Stanley Haskins, who um, is kind of a uh, he's a uh, stock stock trader kind of mm-hmm. guy, but also said a lot of things that are recorded over time because he's an interesting guy. Um, and this was way back in the early 1900s, late 1800s when he said it. What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Hmm. That's pretty deep. It is, and it's good, and it's true, and it's a little bit about what we were just talking about, about getting athletes to believe in themselves. A lot of times, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get them to understand what's in them that they haven't discovered yet. Yeah. And uh, if you're listening to this, I hear a lot of people say, I can't, and then what follows that is completely untrue. Right. And so uh, if, if you're starting— Change your vocabulary. Yes. If you're starting your sentences out with, I can't, Mm-hmm. Well, you just need to rethink that. Yeah. By golly, <laughs> or I'll try. That's another one that's you know you hear people say either do or don't. It that's was, right. What, what Yoda. Was, I don't. Yeah, Yoda. I've never watched there Star is, Wars or Star Trek, whatever that was on. There um, is no try. There is only do or do not. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's a good quote too. It is. Yeah. yeah. Very good. All right, we are done <coughs> with this installment of. The Run for God podcast. Episode 95. 95. We're getting close to 100. What are we going to do for 100? I don't know. We're going to try to figure something out here. We'll have a we'll have a party on that one. Yeah. yeah Maybe we'll, we'll have some guests or something. We've got to do something different that day for sure. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll bring in we'll, we'll uh, bring in our wives and let them Ooh. say some things. Holly and Debbie and Gay yeah. do the podcast. Yeah, let's just let them do it. They might have more listeners than us, though. They that probably would, would. That would not that be would good. That would stink a bit, we, wouldn't it? That, yeah. <laughs> talk about a confidence squisher. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Keep keep staying after it. Join Man. us tonight, 9 yeah. o'clock. If you're listening to this on Monday, we get we, we kick things off at 9 o'clock tonight on the Facebook, uh, the Run Club Facebook group live. Um so yeah, get get registered, get signed up for Run Club. It's literally twenty seven cents a day, and join us tonight for the Couch to Marathon Challenge. You won't regret it. No, you won't. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.